You're listening to Gospel-Centered Rest, a podcast by Grace Bible Church in Cambridge, Ontario, dealing with topics of life and theology and how Christ's promise of rest for the weary and the heavy laden gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. Uh, it's good to, uh, to be back again in our podcast studio with... Mr. David Robinson and Mr. Byron Burton. It's been a while since we've recorded one together. Almost, I would say like over a month. It's been like almost two months, hasn't it? Like two months. It's uh, it, it's the first of the new year. So yeah. Happy new year. For us. Happy new year. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how are you feeling, Right on David? track. I feel a lot better. You do? Good. Thank you. Good to get that out I of feel, your system. I just... I had to go through it. So um, the Lord was gracious and, and really it wasn't for me for um, going through COVID. It was more like a, a head flu right. so, and some tiredness. Yeah. So um, it was, it was strange because you yeah. always wonder what, what kind you're going to get, yeah. <laughs> what is it going to look like? And um, when, so, when you hear somebody has it and you're like, Oh, yeah. I wonder what that's like for them. And then I'm sure yeah. for you to experience it yourself, you're like, now I know. Yeah. Well you do. You, I mean, COVID so people's experiences are just across so, so different. Yeah. Um, and obviously it doesn't take away the seriousness of it for, for some people as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, we're, we're, we're thankful to be through that and, and feeling better. Mm-hmm. That's good. So, and, uh, been able to enjoy two sermons from Philippians from you. Yeah. And uh, Philippians 3, just a great chapter. Um, it is. So for those maybe who weren't able to join the last few weeks for whatever reason, uh, maybe just summarize some of the highlights <laughs> of Philippians 3 for you. Yeah. One of the things that we talked about over the last couple of weeks with Philippians 3 was just about how a book like Philippians really becomes all about perspective and the way that Paul comes across um, in Philippians here, I think is just, or, or in the book of Philippians, really, I think is just so pastoral and so caring in the sense of, of he's walking these believers through different things like circumstances, um, relational um, issues or difficulties, unity within the church, uh, what it looks like to be content. Uh, but answering this, this, this question of, of, uh, of how do I have a proper perspective during just the different difficulties and different circumstances and challenges of life. And so Philippians 3, I think, becomes the, the crux of the whole book, could be summarized really uh, in this book, um, as, as Paul works that, works that through, that everything compared to Christ, knowing Christ is, as he puts it, dung or, or crap, uh, whatever word you want to use there. Um, he, he takes everything, even the achievements that he had as a religious elite Pharisee. Um, and he says, compared to Christ, even those things are dung. Um, because knowing Christ, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, that is what we live for because to live is Christ and to die is gain. And so um, Philippians 3 highlights a lot of those, a lot of those themes. It's so just relevant for what we're going through today and, and how easy it is for us to lose perspective or to have different situations that can rob us of joy. Um, and and forget that, you know, my, my day today is, is about Christ. My day today is about serving him and knowing him. Um, so that's how I would summarize, I think the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I, it, it was encouraging for me to hear, uh, in, in the first message, how, you know, we are to watch out 
for those who will spread a false message um, and even guard our hearts. Um, and and uh, Paul just seems to, to summarize the gospel so well and so clearly in Philippians 3. And then he also talks about um, how we live our lives with one another. Um, so not just watching out what's going on outside um, or, or sometimes maybe, maybe even inside, but um, how, do, how do we act mature and how do we, uh, you know, sometimes as he's written, you know, and, and as you uh, reference in your sermon, you know, forget what's behind, um, press forward. So one of the words that you were talking about in our discussion before the podcast, Byron, was balance. And I think that's, there's a lot of that in Philippians 3. Um, would you like to just comment on that? Just affirming that healthy balance where he he's it's not like he's afraid to call a spade a spade he's pretty forthright tyler pointed out that you know in english the language gets toned down but it's very strong language when he says watch out for the dogs watch out for the evil workers these are real dangers and he's not going to just painted over he's not going to minimize the danger that they have to watch and this is a danger to do their whole understanding of god and salvation because these people were teaching another gospel right and elsewhere he says let them be damned um well you don't say that lightly um he didn't throw stuff like that around and yet at the same time he's saying rejoice and and imitate me uh, pay attention to who you're focusing on uh, it's important who you give your attention to. And obviously, they had a real choice, whether they're going to listen to those who were uh, stirring them up, uh, teaching them beyond what the gospel was, teaching them to add something extra. And Paul talks about the dangers of that in Galatians. Or were they going to listen to Paul? Were they going to follow his example? And as we read, as we've been seeing in Acts, that what is that example? It's one of going out of his way, of doing whatever he can, caring for people, and at the same time being willing to speak truth because he cares. So that balance, how do we carry that sort of thing into our lives when we see the news and what we hear in the morning and what we're dealing with at work or in family? You know, there's, there's lots of things that could drag us in one direction or the other. How do we keep a healthy balance of the priorities? As Paul says, you know, his priorities really changed when he became a believer. And the things that were all-encompassing and what mattered most were nothing. Instead, he's going to focus on Christ and where his new citizenship is. And this is where a Savior's coming from, and that is way better. Focus there. What I also loved about studying Philippians was, we've been going through the book of Acts. And so um, we already have the context of what's going on in Paul's life from our ongoing study in the book of Acts. And just even going through a passage like this and just be reminded at this, at the point that we are in Acts, right? We're, we're heading into, is it chapter 24? 24. Is it 24 yeah. this Sunday? Yeah. Um, but Paul is, is, is uh, pleading his case. Is it before Felix chapter 24? 
It was at chapter 25 okay. before somebody, somebody, um, but he's talking a lot, like he's talking a lot about his old Pharisee ways as well too. And so just, just making that, that connection, like in real time, like Paul just didn't send this book to the Philippians and say, this is what you to do. But we know from, from acts and watching his life, this is really how the man lived. And he really lived out the fact that life was about getting up in the morning and an intimate um, knowledge and life transforming knowledge really of, of, uh, of Christ and pursuing that and pursuing that fully. Um, so that's been a blessing, I think going through acts and then jumping in a book like this. Yeah. One of the, um, one of the things that struck me as you were, as you were preaching was verse 12. And, and I know it was, uh, that was the second sermon, but sometimes when you go through, uh, the first 11 verses and you're talking about beware and, um, all of that, then you're, you're, automatic response sometimes is is okay now you have to follow me and paul did that in a sense but he did it in a very strange way um because he's he does it so humbly and so graciously uh and i think the that's part of the overflow of once you examine christ so carefully this is such a proper response so in in other words uh verse 12 says not that i've already reached the goal i mean what a way to start and and what a lesson for us that even even in our our best even at our best and and you know when you're um we can just say when you're having a good day um and when you've loved others uh paul begins with um i haven't reached the goal uh i am or am i'm not already perfect um, but i make every effort and so you just those balancing words i thought that was striking um what did you think as you yeah, studied yeah, yeah, yeah like, that actually came to mind too as often we can we can sit there and, and, and hear this, hear the law preached, or we can sit and hear the Bible preached. And it says, do this, this, this. And we just, we just get so pumped about that. And we're like, all right, well, we got to go do this. And I've got to, you know, I've got to repent of, of everything. Um, I've got to make sure I've got this taken care of and that taken care of, and that I'm now walking perfectly, um, in these areas. And that can kind of be like, like you're saying, that can kind of be like a response to verses like one through 11, but when he comes in with, you know what, I haven't even, I like, I'm striving for this goal too. Uh, Yeah. I'm I'm imperfect at this too. And that's really what he's saying is I'm, I'm imperfectly pursuing this and come join me in this imperfect pursuit. Um, I think it's brilliant. I, I think he models conversation actually because could you imagine us having a conversation and the conversation starting out we have to be aware of that so we're going to pursue this but then the the modeling of the conversation happens where we say to one another not that we've perfected this uh or not that i'm already perfect but we're making like we're making every effort so there's this communal like we're we're on the same team we're we're all making um, a similar effort because um, I've also, we've been taken hold of by Christ. And then if we were to go on, you know, like all of those who are mature should think this way. Um, so just acknowledging the gifts and, and the wisdom and the knowledge and the experiences that God has given one another. And then he goes on to say, and if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. Like what a model of a conversation. Um, we want to, we want to beware. We want to know Christ. But to be able to, and you could imagine this in churches or even with various discussions in marriages, being able to say, none of us are perfect. We want to be mature. Um, and if we end up in a different place, Christ will 
I mean, if our hearts are really there, um, Christ, Christ will um, allow us to figure that out and give us the grace to figure that out. But there's such unity in that paragraph. Mm-hmm. And he's not just, it's, he's not just saying it for the sake of saying it. Cause I'm sure that, you know, maybe we've been guilty of that from time to time or others have been where, where you'll say, you know, we're, we're not all perfect here, but do we actually mean that? Like Paul actually means it. Like he, like he knows it to be true. And it's, it's part of his conviction of pursuing Christ. Um, sometimes we can say that, well, we're not all perfect, but it almost becomes, okay, so now I've said I'm not perfect. Now it's my, now I have the platform to tell you how terrible and horrible you are, but that's not what he does. He's like, we're not all perfect here. Join with me in this imperfect pursuit. Um, it's just, it's just beautiful. I think. And I I love, he says, um, at at the end of all of that, he says, in any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. And I thought that was brought out beautifully in the message where we know we're not perfect because we don't even live up to what we know. Um, and, and so, yeah, there's always things that, that we can, you know, we'll disagree on and we'll work through. Um, but the focus is what, what do we know? How do we live that out um, by God's grace? Um, and that's why join in imitating me. It's, it's not just his example of righteousness and of his Christ focusedness, but even how to have conversations with one another. Verse 18, it's funny, it comes right after his asking people to imitate him. Or oh, what's he doing there? He's crying. It's tears. He's not there blasting the enemy, even though they're a danger. It's not that he hates them. He loves them. He cares for them. He And we've just been reading in Acts, in our uh, reading as a couple, and how he responds to Felix and to Festus and to King Agrippa. And he said, you know, are you going to convince me to become a believer so quick? And he says, oh, more than anything, I want you to know what I know except for these chains. You know, just that even to these people, they had all the power, they had all the whatever and the pomp and the ceremony. That doesn't faze him. He's focused on the heart and he's focused on them knowing Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I love that. I, I really loved that studying, studying that and, and, and seeing his, his heart and his love for, for people and that he had that, that genuine brokenness over there, uh, over their souls and, and over the, over the destruction that was, that was near to them. And that he's, he wasn't, what are we talking about? He wasn't wielding a sort of judgment, but he was, he was wielding tears um, and just showing that, that it's important that, that we have that, that kind of heart and that passion for, for people rather than one of, Hey, let me go and cut you down. Let me, let me, let me take care of this, this guy who's a, you know, modern day heretic. And, and there, there are places and there are times to talk about that stuff, but I just find um, that there's uh, to model your ministry after hunting that down. I just don't think is, is something that, that Paul was after um, his, his ministry was, was, was modeled around, um, modeled around preaching the gospel and at times with tears, uh, because of it. So, uh, I just think that's such a better way of, of going about things just like Jesus did. Um, 
he wasn't always chasing the Pharisees and going after the Pharisees. I mean, he was confronting them with truth and they would, they would, they would show up and he would say what needed to be said. Um, but he was, he, he came to seek and save those, those who are lost, um, those who are unwell. And, um, I think Paul just perfectly models that here. Yeah. And then, and then he ends the conversation, um, where he says in verse, uh, 20, um, our citizenship is in heaven. And uh, that brings all sorts of perspective. Um, it means we can go through a lot. We can care for one another a lot. We can stand up, be accounted for um, against the darkness of our age uh, because we eagerly wait for a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so much encouragement packed into 21 verses. Um, I'll, I'll just share this at the end. And it's kind of a, you know how you, you're, this is, and this is like over 25 years ago when I was going to seminary in Iowa. So, and obviously a lot of farmland out in Iowa. I don't actually know why I'm sharing this, but I will. Um, because I think I actually, I don't remember a lot of my sermons, but I, I do, I think I do remember sharing this sermon or this illustration um, because I'm driving out to the pastor's house. So I'm driving by a farm and I see this cow standing on top of this huge pile of dung. Okay. Yeah. And um, I, I thought at that moment, man, that just summarizes sometimes the Christian life, doesn't it? that what we actually stand on like like he's he's king of the hill right because he was the only one on top of this all the other cows around you look to him and think that cow and uh but it was it was a pile it was a it was a hill of his um accomplishments and our accomplishments so uh it it always struck me and and i don't know why because i've passed by thousands of farms and but that because and maybe it was so strange like why is a cow up there uh but um whenever whenever i read or hear someone preach from philippians 3 i think about that cow standing there and thinking lord just do not allow my life um, to be one where I think I'm standing on something great, but I'm missing Christ. And at the end of the day, it, you know, it's, it's what Paul says, like all of this is nothing. All of this is nothing, um, to know Christ. And, uh, so anyway, um, thanks for sharing the last, uh, few Sundays, Tyler, and the encouragement that you were to the people at Grace. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's always a, a joy to share God's word and to especially study passages like this and, and to, and to just be overwhelmed with the thought of how amazing Jesus really is and what he's done for us.